Hey, hey, hey. What's up, fam? It's Tuesdays with Tawana. Rev T is in the building for another broadcast, for another moment to create community, one broadcast at a time. Coming at you a little differently on today, you will hear my voice and my views and my laughter and my joy and my concerns. For today, I have a procedure scheduled at the same time that Tuesdays with Tawana would normally go live on various platforms, and then I would post uh, it as a podcast. But for today, we are doing things a little differently uh, because I miss y'all. I miss community, and I want to keep the momentum going, so I am going to just holla at y'all for a bit. Talk about things that are going on personally, going on communally, going on in this nation, going on in this world uh, so that we can be encouraged to continue to move forward and do what we do. And that is be co-creators, to be transforming, uh, transformative, to be liberating, to set the captives free, to love one another unconditionally, to keep moving forward so that we can change the status quo, we can dismantle that which is harming us and hurting us. So yeah, so let's get at it. Let's get at it. Tuesdays with Tawana, episode 13, season two. So grateful to be here with you on today, to rock with you, to love, to share. So so today, um, I just want to share a bit with you. Uh, last week, I, I was in celebration mode. I had my proposal defense hearing. And for those, you know, just like we have church lingo, we have uh, academic lingo. When one is pursuing one's PhD, uh, you go through a, a proposal. Well, you go through a lot. <laughs> Let me just say that. But you go through a proposal hearing and once your hearing is approved, uh, then you start your research, you start coding and transcribing and doing all those things. You document your findings, you write a summary, and then submit it. And that can be very intense. It can be very grueling. It can be very exciting, depending on what you're focusing on and what you're doing. So I'm at the point where I am waiting for approval to begin my research. I had to go through the uh, review board to tell them what I am doing because I am uh, interviewing human subjects. And our first uh, point for today is something that stood out for me during answering all of the questions for the review board, learning about informed consent, was the point of do no harm. Wow. Do no harm. That is a basic fundamental principle and expectation of the review board when you are doing interviews of live subjects. It even goes on a bit further uh, to talk about those who are uh, either at risk or who are of tender age 
or those who uh, where harm might be more likely to to occur than in someone else. For instance, if I were interviewing a child, that child may be uh, exposed to more harm than an adult with an adult brain who can handle said situation or circumstance uh, because of their level of maturity and experience than a child. Or if I was dealing with uh, someone who is mentally challenged or someone who is incarcerated, there is a general rule for all to do no harm. Oh, I wish I had my community here because as we know, harm has been done to the black diaspora from day one since we came on to these, this land. Um, no, we didn't come. We were snatched and killed and raped and murdered and demeaned and degraded and dehumanized to come and to build a country that was built on false pretenses that actually killed and maimed and took from those who had already lived here, our beloved First Nation indigenous community. So here we are, we're building all of these decla this Declaration of Independence and um, Bill of Rights and the Human Bill of Rights. And now we have this, in this review board um, talking about do no harm, right? And we are very clear that these now these things have been in place for for a long time. These things have been in place. Uh, talking about the review board, the consent form. I think it's the International Review Board. For, it's the IRB. That's what I get for just talking about acronyms all the time. But the IRB has been around for a long time, and so has harm to our BIPOC community, to our Black diaspora. Right? Yeah. So despite the fact that this mandate, this expectation is listed to do no harm, this country, white supremacy culture, white dominant thought has been doing harm to those who, who are, oh, I want to say marginalized, but I'm, I'm looking for different language to use that speaks power into the BIPOC community. Just like I don't use the word minority. Um, so those who are non-white. <laughs> We're going to use that for today. So, the you know, we continue to have harm um, done to us uh, for centuries, and no one is questioning the blatant disregard for beneficence or to do no harm against another, or the fact that our, no, not our, the white men who penned our the founding documents talked about our first nation indigenous people as savages 
or we are still fighting state to state to have the word slavery removed. And shout out to Kamau and to uh, those in Colorado and then other states that followed that uh, took the word slavery um, or indentured servitude out of their state constitutions. And we will continue to fight until it is uh, a national mandate. Um, and I say we, because that, that's fam, uh, Kamau and uh, the rest of the abolitionists that I know. Uh, but, you know, we don't, <clears throat> we don't tend to question when harm is done and when it is done in a way that disregards what is put in writing and expectations. So I, I find myself often referring to Langston Hughes, um, let America be America again. And there's a poignant line, a, a pivotal shift in that beautiful poetic prowess that talks about, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, it just came to my mind, that we are looking for an America that has never yet to be. <laughs> When people say, oh, this is not America. This is not what we do. What are you talking about? We've been doing this from the beginning of time here in these United States. So when we talk about do no harm, when we call people savages, when we talk about exceptions to the rule um, for uh, slavery is okay in this instance, but not in that instance, there, there has got to be and y'all y'all know me, those who listen on a regular, I don't talk about like have to and must and got to, but there's got to be <laughs> a change in, in what is written in these documents that guide the actions of those with a false sense of power that is killing us mind, body, and spirit. There's gotta be a change. There's got to be a change in the language. There's got to be a change of the level of expectations. There's got to be a change when we expect that the adage of do no harm is to be implemented and lived out. Then I expect a guilty verdict, life sentence, death penalty, whatever. I don't know what the maximum sentence is in, in Minnesota, but whatever it is, and that's only the beginning of justice. Please know that this trial um, of Chauvin is not the do all, be all, end all. It, it will bring ju justice, um, a modicum of justice. It will uh, help us to honor the life of George Floyd, where his murder was not in vain. And yet uh, we continue to pervert these, the, the very things, the living principles, the human rights that are supposed to speak life and speak community and speak wellness and support. And that language is only happening among those non-white communities. And, and y'all know, I, I don't like to do blanket statements, but for brevity, this may seem like blanket statements. Like, all BIPOC communities are skipping through the tulips, happy-go-lucky. No, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do when um, a lot of, um, not a lot, people in the Asian community don't care for people in the Black diaspora 
or people in the Latinx community don't particularly care for the people in the Black diaspora. I don't know why we are this common link of, of hate. I don't get it, and maybe that's for another broadcast, but we 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 can't even deal with that right now because what's killing us primarily and predominantly is racism, is white supremacy culture, is dominant white thought, is false sense of power and control, is power over and not power with, is uh, capitalism and patriarchy, and misogyny and misogynoir, those things need to be named and addressed wholeheartedly. And there needs to be consequences for those actions. Now, consequences are not always bad consequences because if, if, it's, it's, if I do something good, sacred, life-giving, then I, I hope that it will come back to me. I don't do it for those reasons, but that's, you know, the circle of life, right? We we want this circle to be life-giving. We want it to be healing. We want it to be communal. And the same on the other side of that is if I do something wrong, that not necessarily that that wrong will come back to me, but I will either learn the lesson or be forced to learn the lesson again through another situation or circumstance. It's just in our case, unfortunately, we end up dying. We end up with a knee in our neck. We end up being shot in the back. We end up lying on the ground for six, six hours. We end up walking in a neighborhood and someone talking about some stand your ground uh, laws that they are fulfilling or driving in a car and just being upset and having a bad day. Damn it, can I have a bad day? Can I, matter of fact, it's not even a bad day. Can I challenge authority? I have a voice. We can't even sleep in peace, beloved. So these things do no harm. How do we, I, I, I guess I pose this question to us to think about to ponder on, to reflect on. How do we do no harm, period, full stop? Domestic violence, how do we do no harm, period, full stop? Anti-Black racism, how do we do no harm and hold people accountable for their racist ways, full stop? Full question mark stop, not period. <laughs> we are asking questions. <laughs> how do we do this? How do we hold people accountable for the degradation and demeaning of another? We still got babies in cages. We still have people who are, are living below the, the poverty line. Uh, we, so, so how do we get to a point where do no harm does not take away from who I am. And, and I'm proposing this from a white lens because oftentimes I hear feedback where, uh, you know, there's a fear of losing their money or power and control if they give up or pay reparations. 
not realizing that, baby, <laughs> you do right by me, the divine. Listen, only right will come by you. Justice. For show. For show. <laughs> if we come together in community and heal in community and share in community and have dignity in community, it's going to come back. It's the circle of life, not a side road, not a straight line, not linear, right? So if we hold people accountable, but one of the ways uh, we can hold people accountable to this do no harm and hold people accountable for the heinous words that are written in these founding documents is to call people in, call people out, know our power, and to make the change by any means necessary. Uh, on January 6th, if, if we didn't realize it before, we realized how hateful people are and how hateful people are and so much so to protect, quote unquote, their, their, their livelihood and their white culture. You, you, baby, you, you can keep your white culture. Hold on to that. Just as long as it doesn't adversely affect me. If you're not a part of this circle, then do you. But we are about to make some changes that will actually, you may have to give in to some change. Change your mindset so that you can live and not die at the hands of capitalism and patriarchy. How do we come together as the Black diaspora? How do we come together as the Black indigenous people of color that we are and come together to fight against the status quo, to fight against that which is causing us harm day in and day out, to fight against those who would just look at me and hate me because of the color of my skin, would look at me and hate that I have a voice in this world and refuse to be silenced when I choose to be silent, it's my choice to step back, to reflect, to rest, to take care of this black body, to take care of this black mind, to take care of this soul. But that's a choice. You will not silence me. I will not be silenced. But they'll look at me and hate me because of that. So beloveds, how do we come together to do no harm? How do we come together to honor human beings just for the sake of being human beings, being beloveds? The breath you take is the breath that I take. The breath you give is the breath that I give. I am because you are, you are, therefore I am. We are inextricably bound. I'm gonna keep saying that until it becomes a reality, becomes a reality in our world. Do no harm, beneficence, respect, honor, <laughs> love with unconditional positive regard, peace, hope, all of those things, all of those things. Let me shift for a moment before I'm out of here. Um, so... I've been doing this broadcast and oftentimes there's not a broadcast that'll go by 
without me mentioning one of two things, breast cancer or domestic violence. Um, I don't mention those things because I experience or have experienced or am experiencing them, but I name those things because those things are in fact, uh, impacting um, black women most, um, they're, they're impacting black women most adversely. Does that make sense? So I name those things because I am one to name it. I am one to uncover it. I am one, when we talk about it, we can face it to fix it. When we name it, when we know what we're talking about, we can then bring together some some remedy or some resolution or you know fighting um, and standing in the gap for someone else. Uh, so for today, I, I am doing this podcast um, alone um, w- without physical community here with me. One, because I love my beloved community, but also I have a procedure um, at two o'clock and this is just the, the process of healing. Um, I have several scans in a, in a year. Um, I got dental issues uh, and I want to keep this, this, this beautiful smile given to me by my mama and my daddy. I get it from both of them. Um, so, um, you know, uh, cancer or, or chemo, my, my beloved friend, um, who is the executive director of the Stomp Out Breast Cancer Foundation, she often poses the rhetorical question, you know, I don't know what's worse, the cancer or the treatment of cancer. Uh, so with the treatment of cancer, there are other things that happen as a result of it. Like I got to watch my numbers. I got to uh, get an echocardiogram every three months to make sure it's not adversely affecting my heart. So I need to go for these tests, right? So today is, is another test, but I will, another test, I will be put to sleep. And, you know, with anesthesia, there's always a risk. So I'm always asking for your love and support and healing energy. Um, And I should be home today, this evening. My children are are taking me and um, hopefully it will be successful. They've tried a couple of times in the past and it was unsuccessful. Um, So I, I am, you know, dealing with the process of healing. And sometimes the process of healing ain't pretty. It ain't pretty, but I'll go through it to get to the other side, to get to the beauty, to look at the scars and a reminder of like, wow, I've been through that shit. I, that, 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 that scar is there to remind me of the resilience, of the beauty, of, 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 of the healing power that is always evident, that is always present. I look at these scars. I remember when um, I had breast implants and because I I had to choose, I wanted to choose the scars that I had that I would look at and didn't work for me. So now I have to look at these scars of a breastless body that I am not accustomed to after 50 years of having breast or as a young child forming breast, but um, so looking at these scars as, as healing. So today is just another mode of healing. Some come in the form of scars. Some come with tests. Some come with small procedures. Some 
come with scans. And in all things, all things, if I just look at it as the process of healing and not as something like, shit, I got to go through this again, um, it, it does bring me joy. It brings a light in the midst of the darkness. So I leave with you today words of encouragement that as you look at your healing process, whatever it might be, you might be healing from the scars left behind from domestic violence. You might be healing from the scars left behind from uh, dialysis or other uh, diseases that plague the Black community. You might be um, surviving and living through and dealing with scars from that are internal, that we in the world can't see, but you see them and you know them. And so to encourage you to allow those scars to be a reminder that they may have been harmful in the moment, but you have overcome them. You have overcome them. And now you can look at those scars as a healing reference. Just like this do no harm, we are going to look at this as a healing reference because we are going to make change. We are going to make change in the fullness thereof. We are going to make change individually and collectively. We are going to make change because we are tired of dying at the hands of systemic racism and systemic ills that plague the United States. This is what the United States was about and was built upon. And I was brought here against my free will. And now I have an opportunity. You know what? I'm here. So we're going to make shit change. We're going to rock the boat. We're going to we're going to shift some things. We're going to dismantle some things. We're going to rebuild some things so that we do not do or cause any harm to another. So your scars can be a reminder of the resilience and the healing and the beauty and just the magic that you have surrounding you and in you. And it's that same power and resilience and resistance that we're going to use in making sure that we manifest do no harm. Yeah, that's what we're about to do. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Thank you for hollering at me. Thank you for, uh, you see, I said, thank you for hollering at me and it's just me. Well, holler at me when you're listening to this. Put comments, it's gonna be posted um, on all your podcast mediums. I'll post it on social media as well. Give me your comments. Give me your feedbacks. I love to hear from you. Um, I, I love you. And we're going to continue to build community one broadcast at a time. Be well. Be safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Continue social, excuse me, physical distancing. And know that love spreads beyond space and time. So I hope you feel the love that I'm giving to you right now as you are listening to the close of this podcast. It's Rev T. I'm out. Holla at you next week. Later.